Welcome, and thank you for listening to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. This month's episode is going to be going more into the beyond than we usually do on the podcast. Not beyond the borders of Muskegon County, but beyond in a more philosophical sense of the word. Today, we are going to be looking at who could be one of Muskegon County's most interesting residents ever. He could be considered a Renaissance man, and his past is littered with a great deal of stories, some amazing and some dark. Many of them are hard to confirm, though, through research, such as his ability to hold his breath underwater for nearly four minutes, or that he biked across the United States and into Mexico from Chicago. But there are also many accounts that make some of his stories very intriguing. So today, I'm going to try, and I emphasize try, to uncover the life of Joseph Sedoni. For those of you who have heard this name before, I'm sure several stories jumped to your mind instantly. But for those unfamiliar with Joseph Sedoni, he's often described, although he didn't consider himself this, we'll get more into that later, to be a psychic, and a very prolific and accurate one at that. Growing up in Montague, literally two miles from his Valley of the Pines estate, I had heard vague stories about Joseph Sedoni, which seemed to change a little with each telling, but I brushed most of it off as urban lore or just fun community legend. However, when researching another topic, I stumbled across his name, and intrigued, I decided to do some more digging. The more I looked into his story, the more interesting his life became. Joseph Sedoni was born on February 22, 1877, in Montabaur, Germany. Growing up, his closest confidant and friend was his brother, Hermann. He often talked to his brother about his abilities that even as a young boy he knew he possessed. He had once related to his mother a vision that he had about a place he had never been to before. It turned out this was the home of his father growing up. While his mother would listen and his brother was a confidant, his father very much disapproved and thought it to be the work of evil spirits, the devil, or silly child's play. When describing his visions to his brother, he states, thus, and I'm quoting from his autobiography slash manifesto, Gates of the Mind, I feel as if I could almost remember things before I was born, but just when I do, I forget it again. These memories came to him when he wasn't really thinking at all, and if he tried to focus on it, it would disappear or fade. As he grew older, he says, I found that my imagination provided the truth in one instance and deceived me in another. It deceived me when I used my own reason and memory to speculate on things I didn't know enough about. It deceived me when I concentrated or tried. It never deceived me when I didn't try and didn't care and had a feeling, first, that started my imagination going to piece together in a flash what was aroused from my memory by the feeling. Whether it is picking up subtle signs that we do not think about or just having an instinct about something, I think we can relate this to an experience that we've had where we knew something just before we knew it. And Sidoni himself even mentions that he believes it's not something that is unique to him but some form of memory or intuition possessed in us all that just needs to be unlocked. In a sense, this is what Sidoni would go on to research and discover and to harness. When he was seven, his brother Herman died shortly before the family immigrated to the United States. The death would hit Sidoni hard, and he mentions feeling or hearing Herman later in life. When they arrived, the family made their way to Kalamazoo. Joseph spent the next six or seven years going to school, but at 13 he dropped out, preferring to learn life lessons rather than school book lessons. While he was not going to school, his education didn't stop. He continued to be an avid reader and a keen observer of all around him. One of the things he focused on was the connection he thought existed between all things. He came to the conclusion that everything could speak if only we could interpret it. He mentions he didn't think trees could speak, but could communicate a purpose and an understanding 
and a connection to all other things around them. Something very reminiscent of the movie Avatar, if you've ever watched that. At the age of 14, he moved with his father to Chicago, who had gone to work on the World's Fair. There he would work later at his parents' bakery and delivering milk. When he wasn't working, he was working on creations and inventions. His mind was constantly going, though, and he wanted to experience as much life as he could. So he got a job at a window screen company where he designed a machine to help staple the screen. He worked for a lock and safe company opening safes, and it was at this job that he had a close call where his intuition, as he called it, saved him. He was sent to a store that had been robbed to open up a safe and repair it. When he was about to hammer on the hinges, he felt a weird sensation holding him back, not allowing his arm to hammer. It turns out there was an unexploded stick of TNT there, which could have exploded had he hammered into the safe. After this, he would really focus on, test, and follow his intuition a lot more. He also started gaining fame, according to Sidoni, as someone who people would come to with their problems or to answer their questions. Using his intuition, he would help them out, and he had hundreds a day coming to them. In 1900, he predicted the presidential election results by winner and victory margin to a Chicago businessman who in turn made lots of money betting on the results. After this incident, he lost his powers for a year, and it troubled him greatly as to why. He came to the conclusion there was a spiritual ethics code which he had broken, and he decided from then on to be very careful with his powers. Sometime in 1904, he traveled west across the United States, and according to some sources, he traveled 1,800 miles on foot in the Mojave Desert inspecting Indian reservations for President Teddy Roosevelt. This was something Roosevelt had people doing during his time, but proving that Sidoni is one of those is very difficult, and also the distance that he traveled on foot is near impossible to verify. He also sometime around this time joined P.T. Barnum's traveling show, Working on the Trapeze. His travels westward would take him to the Hollywood Hills in California, where he predicted the growth and future success of the area. Here's where the story takes a little turn. From marriage certificate, we know that he married a Lizzie Melky on June 8, 1897, and that they had a daughter named Mercedes in 1898. Although neither the marriage nor the first daughter is mentioned in Sidoni's book, from newspaper articles in 1908, we do get a picture of what might have happened. According to the Flint Journal and Detroit Times, Sidoni's wife would sue for divorce over maltreatment. Now before I go further into this, I will warn you this does get a little dark and might not be appropriate for younger listeners. According to several articles, Sidoni was the leader of a cult stemming from followers and students of his teachings. Many of the members of the cult were females, married females who would then have to quote-unquote divorce their husbands in name to be a part of it. Sidoni would then make declarations which had to be followed by his followers or he might hit those who didn't listen. He also preferred to be called chief during this time. This style of cult was in Chicago, but also uh, it's mentioned in the papers that it was in Montague, which was referred to the summer home of it. Other articles mention how these wives would then convince their husbands to give part of their money to Sidoni, and several Chicago clerks mentioned doing just this. Families that also live with Sidoni and are called religious freaks by the Flint Journal. According to his wife's suit, she and other girls were under orders to discard most of their clothing, four of whom testified in court on behalf of his wife Lizzie stated they were poorly fed and clad without even undershirts to protect them from the cold. Their proceeds from working their jobs were also given to Sidoni. Sidoni's infidelity in general, and in particular with a lily, were another ground for the divorce. 
a couple who was along on a trip in 1906 with Sidoni to the White Lake area said that Sidoni was not only on intimate terms with Lily, but with other women. The witnesses mentioned seeing them sharing a tent and Sidoni's room in his house. From Sidoni's book, we can figure out that he met Mary Lillian, who went by Lillian frequently, around 1906. Sidoni also mentions bringing her on a trip to the White Lake area and marrying her shortly afterwards, once again, around 1906. This also happens to be the time when he purchased, or was purchased for him, according to some articles, what became his home of his visions, the Valley of the Pines. The Valley of the Pines is located in Montague, near the location of the old channel from White Lake to Lake Michigan. It was an 80-acre home for Sidoni and his wife Mary Lillian and their two kids who would be born there. Eventually the estate would contain a house, visitor cabins, a blacksmith shop, barns, a chapel, orchards, a print shop, a laboratory for experimentation, and a massive library which held some 30,000 books. Throughout his life, Sidoni was an avid reader and in particular collected many books on natural or mental phenomenon. Googling his name today will bring you sites about his theories and abilities, but will also give you many links to books on auction sites that were once owned by him. From his home at Valley of the Pines, Sidoni would maintain a busy schedule working on many different things. Articles in the Muskegon Chronicle keep up with his social calendar with who visited his home and where the family traveled. Sidoni frequently traveled to Muskegon to meet with business leaders, paper editors, politicians, doctors, and other socialites. In 1908, the Chronicle mentions that 450 visitors came to Sidoni's home that year alone. Besides social visits, he was also busy writing to many of the most important people of his time. Those he corresponded with include Mahatma Gandhi, Rudyard Kipling, Admiral Byrd, the King and Queen of Sweden, General John Pershing, Arthur Conan Doyle, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt, among others. Besides correspondence, he would write many articles, journals, and newsletters. He would self-publish a magazine called The Valley Caravel, and also one called The Whisper. Sidoni would even have a daily column published in the Muskegon Chronicle for 30 years called Give Thought. While he could be very personable and sociable, he was described by his friends as quite reclusive, and someone who you could never know all about because of his many facets. When not writing, he spent a lot of time in his laboratory doing research in particular on magnetism and electricity. During World War I, I found it interesting that it's noted in the paper that he trained and sold carrier and hoeing pigeons to the quartermaster general for use in the war. During World War II, he continued research into different topics and was part of a team of scientists that developed a waterproof packaging for supplies, and it seems that he would continue working for the government according to friends, but in what capacity is unknown. He also did work on early film and visited Hollywood working with his friend, the actor and director Jimmy Cruz. Of course, his research into his intuition thinking continued, and he would later liken it to a human radio station that, with practice, we could all tune into and get the same information that he did. One particular well-known case of this comes in September 26, 1930. In Montague, it was a very stormy day, and the waves on Lake Michigan swelled. Looking out on the lake, Sidoni is to have said to friends that there was a wooden sailing boat out there in trouble, but it could be saved by a ship nearby if it went the right course. Cut to near Ludington, where Captain Charles Moore, a friend of Sidoni's and a student in his ways of thinking, decided to take a different route than usual and came across the sinking ship called Our Sun. Moore was credited with saving the lives of all the crew. When he discovered Sidoni's vision of the incident, Moore is credited as saying that there must have been a three-way telepathic connection between the captain of Our Sun, Sidoni, and himself. 
while this is certainly amazing if true, what can also be said to be amazing is besides all of the above, Sidoni was also a deputy sheriff, a school board member, a justice of the peace, and a member of the Masons, among other organizations. On September 2, 1960, Joseph Sidoni passed away, a date which, of course, he was said to have predicted. So what to make of the man and his life? If we brush aside the quasi-psychic stuff for a moment, the life lived by Sidoni can't be described any other way but very full. As I said at the beginning, he could very much be described as a Renaissance man, even if we take half the claims as true. Now what to make of the other part of Sidoni's life? There are many witnesses to his predictions, but many of whom were his close friends, so you could say it was all an act. But at the same time, he wrote about the topic extensively and to many other deep thinkers of the time, so it could be argued that at least somehow his teachings or theories held water for many, or at least intrigued them. The full truth of this will never be known. There's also the darker side of his persona. Blessed with powers or not, the stories of the cult, infidelity, and the divorce darken his image significantly. I personally feel that I know so much more about him than when I started, and yet I'm also left feeling that I know so much less about him and that everything has just become cloudier. Which I feel like in a lot of ways is just what he'd want, sending us on a continual quest for knowledge and answers. <laughs>